Last week was week one. This is week two. Our title is Fixer Upper. And uh, some of you know what that is. Some of you don't. And that's okay. And we're talking about the family. Okay, we're talking about the family. We're talking about how to have a healthy family. And uh, last week we took a few minutes to get our bearings. A lot of times before you can go somewhere, you have to know where you are to start. So we took some time last week to kind of talk about where we are and then uh, begin this journey with our family. Now, here's some things that we found out last week. We found out, first off, there's no such thing as a perfect family. They don't exist. And that should give everybody in here, including me, a sigh of relief. There is no perfect family. All right. The next thing we found out is every family has strengths and every family has weaknesses. Okay, every family has strengths and every family has weaknesses. So those are two good things to remember. The third thing we found out is that you and I are on a journey, if you will, if you will, we're on a trip, and that trip is to well-being. Okay, all of us have weaknesses in our family. All of us have things going on in our family, and we're on this trip, if you will, in our family. And the goal of the trip, if you will, is to come to a place of health, to come to a place of well-being. So we found that out. Here's the, one of my favorites. We found out that it's about progress, not perfection. Okay, the kingdom of God is about that also, by the way. It's not about being perfect. It's never been about being perfect. It's just about I'm making progress. I'm growing in my marriage. I'm growing in my relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm growing in my relationship with my family. And that we're on a journey and we're, we're leaving the things that we don't want in our life. And we're moving on to new and to better things. And so it's not about that. Now, another thing we talked about is how there's not one right way to have family. Okay, uh, you can be a single mom and have a healthy family. You can be a single dad and have a healthy family. Uh, you can be a nuclear family. That's the family that I grew up in where I had a mom and a dad and I had a brother. My brother and I belonged to my mom and dad. My dad went to work. My mom stayed home and she was a homemaker. And we were a nuclear family. That's what they call that. All right. You can also be a blended family, which means maybe you've been through divorce. Then you remarry. And when you remarry, uh, maybe that person has children. You have children. And if if you're young enough, you can both have children. You can have children together. So you have yours, mine, and ours. Amen? All right, so the point is, there's not one right way. See, I'm not up here saying this morning, well, if your family doesn't look like my family, you can't be a healthy family. It's not true. All right, now, hey, pastor, I live by myself. I don't have a family. Well, then you can be a healthy person, and everybody has an extended family, and you can bring that grace and that life into your extended family. So I don't want you to think this morning, well, somehow this, is, this message isn't for me because I'm exempt from it because of my situation, because you're not. Amen? Amen. All right. The thing we talked about last week, and then I want to move into some new things, is we talked about how one of the first things you do to bring health and grace into your family is to love and to serve. To love and to serve. And that sounds, it, it, I don't know if that sounds big to you. I don't know if it sounds small to you. I don't know what it sounds like. It may sound like a cliche to you, but it's the truth. Hey, I'm going to endeavor to love within my family, and I'm going to endeavor to serve within my family. Can I tell you something? As a husband and a father, I want to be a servant leader. I want to be a servant leader, and I want to do it humbly. I want to do it with grace, and I want to do it with love. Now, could you put up my little, uh, my little gauge? Is that, would that be the correct term? All right. Imagine yourself. You're that little uh, handsome white person, all right? You're having neck trouble, but other than that, you're doing good. 
And I don't know where you are on this scale, okay? And it, and it really doesn't matter. Uh, your family may be pretty toxic, and all toxic means is unhealthy. It means things aren't necessarily going that great. And you may be all the way over to being healthy. I don't know where you are, all right? But just imagine this morning that you put yourself on that scale. Wherever you think you belong, you put yourself on that scale. Do it individually, and then do it with your family. Where would you fit on there? Now, the point is, in this series, is that you begin to get up, and you begin to take steps, and you begin to make progress, and you begin to go from the red over toward the green. Now, imagine with me this morning that you're walking on a hill. Now, you're not a mountain, a hill. You're walking on a hill, and as you're walking up this hill, there's going to be a peak, and when you get to the top of it, you're going to start down the other side. You may be in a situation in your family where in the beginning to make changes will be tough. It'll be taxing on you to make changes. But I want you to understand something. As you begin to get up, as you begin to move forward, as you begin to recognize, hey, here are some of my weaknesses. Here's some things I want to change in my family. As you begin to do that, it gets easier. It, gets, it can start tough. Okay, it can start tough. Listen, I go to the Y Monday through Friday, and I ride the devil's bicycle. Okay, what's the devil's bicycle? Well, that's a bicycle that goes nowhere, okay? I get on it, and I ride it every day, and I look out the window as I ride it, and it goes nowhere, and I'm on a journey, and the journey I'm on is a journey of health in my body, and so I'm riding the devil's bicycle. Why is it called the devil's bicycle? Because it inflicts pain. Okay, so I'm, I'm riding this bicycle, this stationary bicycle. It's a Swin Airdyne is actually what it is. And I, and I ride that, and I get on that thing, and I'm trying to make progress. And I ride it for 30 minutes, all right? And I love watching people come in the wild. I've got my earbuds in. I'm listening to some music. I'm riding. I'm minding my own business. I'm listening to Jesus. I'm doing my hands because that's what it does. And I love watching people come in. And they'll get on the treadmill for five minutes. They'll get off the treadmill. They'll go lift weights for five minutes. They'll come back to the treadmill for five more minutes. Then they'll go do something else for five minutes, and then they leave. They're not making much progress. Now, I'm not picking on them, right? I'm just saying, you got to be a little more consistent than that. It's the same way with your family. As you begin to make progress, it gets better it gets easier. Are you with me? All right, let me show you four quick things that I want to help you with this morning. Here's the first one. Your family is worth fighting for. One of the greatest things that's ever happened in my life is my family. I grew up in a family that was a good family, not a perfect family, my father passed away when I was a freshman in high school, and in a sense, when he died, my whole family died. Then Vicky and I got married, and we had children, and we started our journey. I've had families in my life. My family growing up, now the family I have with my wife and children. One of the best things that's ever happened to me is being a husband, being a father, and having a family. Listen, your family is worth fighting for. Now, we all can fight within our families, can't we? <clears throat> we can all disagree about things. I'm not talking about that kind of fight. I'm talking about the family you have is worth fighting for. Don't give up on your family, amen? It's worth fighting for. Here's the next thing, and as I said it, don't give up. Do not give up. 
We all get tired. We all get weary. Don't give up on your family. You think, oh, my gosh, I'm, I, I'm just tired of even trying. I don't even care anymore. Can I encourage you not to move into that? Do not give up on your family. They're worth fighting for, and don't give up on them. Here's the third one. This is a lie. Lots of us believe this lie. It's one of the biggest lies the enemy will tell you. Here's what it is. Things will never change. Things are never going to change. Your husband is never going to change. Your children are never going to change. Your wife is never going to change. Whatever your situation is, all right, it's never going to change. Listen to me, that's a lie. That's a lie. Because the Bible says, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Whatever situation you're facing, God can and God will change it. So don't you believe that lie. Oh, it's never going to change. My situation will never be any better because it can change. Which leads me right to my fourth point, And that is prayer. Can I encourage you to pray for your family? Gentlemen, men in the house, men who are husbands, men who are fathers, men who are grandfathers, are you praying for your wives? Are you praying for your children? Ladies, those of you in here in the house that are married, are you praying for your husbands? Are you praying for your children? Those of you that have grandchildren, maybe those of you that are empty nesters, maybe your situation's different, are you praying for your extended family? If you have parents that are still alive, are you praying for your parents? I'm amazed at the family that do not pray for each other. I'm amazed. It amazes me. Listen, your family's worth fighting for. Your family's worth praying for. Pray for them. Pray for your children. Pray for your mate. Whatever your situation is, are you praying for them? Now, here's one of the most powerful things that'll happen when you begin to pray for your family. You'll get closer to God. As you pray, you'll get closer to God. Then here's what happens. One of the best things that will happen in your family is when you get closer to the Lord Jesus Christ, when you begin to grow spiritually because you're praying, because you're in church, and it brings health to your family. Listen, when you fall in love with Jesus, it makes your family healthier. It'll make you a better husband, a better father, a better grandfather. Hey, I'm going to fight for my family. I'm not giving up on my family. I'm going to pray for my family especially those that you think, I've prayed for them. Do y'all have people in your family like I do? I've prayed for them for 30 years, and they've never changed. Do y'all have some of those? Surely I'm not the only one, right? Some of them are sitting in here, aren't they? Don't look at them. Don't look at them. Don't point them out, amen? Pray for your family. Now listen to me. Don't be intimidated by prayer. Just talk to God. Tell him what you need him to do and want him to do for your family. Don't be intimidated by prayer. Oh, I can't pray. Yes, you can pray. You pray for your family. All right. With the time that I have left, I want to give you two practical things that you can begin to apply into your family that will help you move from being toxic, being unhealthy, to being healthy. All right, here's the first one. And this is very simple and it's very practical. Healthy families are committed to each other. Healthy families are committed to each other. If you're married, you're committed to your marriage. 
If you're a parent, you're committed to your children. If you're a grandparent, you're committed to your grandchildren. Your family is a priority, and you are committed to it. You don't have a take-it-or-leave-it attitude. Let me read you a scripture. I'm going to read to you out of Proverbs 16, and I'm going to start with verse 3. Listen to what this says. It says, commit your works to the Lord, and your thoughts will be established. Let me read it again. Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. Would it be okay if I took the word works out and put the word family? Commit your family to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. Now, I've already said this morning, your family's worth fighting for. Your family's worth not giving up on. Your family's worth praying over. Healthy families are committed to each other. We're committed. Healthy families look after each other. Now, I've said this before, and you've probably heard me say it. I grew up in a family where my dad always said blood's thicker than water. And what that meant was is it's one for all and all for one, and we're committed to each other. That's what it meant. Now, I don't know where he got that. I don't know where. I, 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 he's the only person I ever heard say that. But what he was instilling in us was commitment. We care about our own. We're committed to each other. We love each other. We look after each other. We help each other. There is a lifetime commitment to our family. Half of all first-time marriages in our culture end in divorce. There's not a lot of commitment sometimes in families. So wherever you are in your journey, can I just encourage you, be committed to your family. Let me read you another verse. I want to go to Galatians 6, 9. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me get a drink. Galatians 6, 9 says this. Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we'll reap if we do not lose heart. Can I read it one more time? Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we'll reap if we do not lose heart. I mean, that verse is pretty self-explanatory. And I hope that's an encouraging verse to you. What does he say? He says, hey, don't get tired of doing the right thing. Don't get tired of doing the right thing. Because if you continue to do the right thing, you're going to reap a harvest. You're going to see the things you want to see happen in your family. So healthy families are committed to each other. Healthy families do the right thing. And they do it over 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 and they get tired. And sometimes they get weary and sometimes they think, I don't know why I'm doing this. But the scripture encourages us to not give up and not quit. Whatever your family looks like. If you want to move out of a place of hurtfulness and toxic things and you want to move into a healthy place, ask yourself how committed are we as a family. Here's the second thing I want to show you. Healthy families. Now, this is a bedrock foundational truth. If we were going to build a house, this would be part of the foundation of a healthy family. And it's healthy families communicate. Healthy families communicate. Healthy families are not afraid to talk. Healthy families are not afraid to deal with uncomfortable issues. Healthy families communicate with each other. Let me read you a verse. I want to read to you out of 1 Peter chapter 3, and I'm going to start with verse 8. Listen to what this says. This is New King James. Finally, all of you be of one mind. <clears throat> Excuse me. Having compassion one for another. Love is brothers. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous. Not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling. 
but on the contrary, blessing. Know that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. Listen to verse 10. For he who would love life and see good days. Now stop right there. He who would love life and see good days. How many of you want some of that? All right, he he asked a question. Do you want to see good days and do you want to love life? Listen to what he says. Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Now, I know there's a lot in those verses. But he's basically saying the same thing we've already read this morning. He wants you to be patient. He wants you to love. He wants you to do good within your family. Healthy families communicate. Healthy families don't keep secrets. Healthy families don't say to each other, hey, we don't talk about that. We don't bring that up. Healthy families communicate. Listen, if you have small children, you may not want to communicate with them right now. Have you ever had a five-year-old try to explain a book or a movie to you? It's sheer torture, isn't it? Yeah, it's sheer torture. And you're like, go away, right? Go do something else. But then all of a sudden that five-year-old's 14 or 15 or 13, and all of a sudden we need to communicate, right? Oh, baby, we need to talk, especially if it's a girl. You know about boys, right? They're bad, okay? They're bad with a capital B. And stay away from them. They'll give you something soap won't wash off, right? Yeah, so all of a sudden we want to communicate. But the thing is, you never did do it while they were growing up. Then all of a sudden they're young men and young women, and you want to communicate with them. Okay, listen, ladies, let me give you a tip about men. Men don't always, men don't do things face to face. Women do, men don't. What do men do? We watch sports, we hunt, we fish. We don't look at each other. Men don't go sit at a table in there and say, hey, how are you? Men don't do that, right? Girls do. You can put ladies at a table in an hour, they know everything about each other. Right? Isn't it true? <clears throat> but you put men at a table, hey, what's going on? Nothing. What have you been doing? Working. What have you been doing? Working. Hey, what do you do? That's how men talk. It's true. You you ladies are like, that's my, yeah, there's nothing wrong with him. He's just a man, amen? A great place to communicate with your man, with your teenagers, is in the car. Because you don't have to look at each other. Really, seriously. It's a great place to communicate. It is. If you have junior high kids in the back seat and you're taking them somewhere, They'll tell everything they know and everything they're doing if you'll just listen because they don't think you're smart enough to drive and listen. (laughs) They don't. And so if you'll just listen to what they're saying, you'll find out everything that they're doing. Communication starts when they're young. Can I encourage you? Foster communication. A great place to do it is around the table. A great place to communicate is around the table. I've heard of families that have little baskets, and when they sit down to eat a meal, everybody puts their electronics in the basket. Whether it's a phone or whatever it is, they put it in a basket, and they have some time together where they can talk. The table is a great place to foster communication. Listen, don't use your dinner table to correct or to discipline. Okay, it's always not a, it's not a good time to do it. Do it some other time. When you gather around the table, have open communication. Ask each other about your day. Talk. We're all busy. Right? It's, it's kind of the curse of our generation, busyness, but that we communicate. Healthy families talk to each other. 
Healthy families foster communication, whether they're five years old, they're 15 years old, they're 25 years old. They're not afraid to talk about the things that can be tough. If you don't communicate as a family, it can lead your family to being unhealthy. All right, now let me just encourage you this morning before I close. Two simple things. God wants you to be committed to each other as a family, and he wants you to communicate with each other as a family. And it doesn't matter what your circumstance or what your situation looks like. You're on this journey going from the red to the green. You're on this journey going from where things aren't that great to where things are better. And again, the goal is simply what? We're making progress. Hey, I'm making changes. I'm communicating more often. I'm communicating more openly. Why? Because that's what healthy families do. See, if you were raised in a family where there wasn't much communication, if you're not careful, you carry it into your present family. You know, where you don't talk to each other. You don't, you don't communicate. You get mad at each other and you give each other the silent treatment. That's not healthy. It's not healthy. Healthy families break through that and communicate with each other. Amen? Amen. Would you all bow your head and let me pray for you this morning? Father God, I love you this morning, and I thank you for each of our lives and our families, whatever that looks like. Whether we are together as a family, we're in a blended family, we're a single dad, a single mom, whether we live alone, whether we have extended family. Father, I pray your grace over our families this morning. Lord, would you teach us how to be healthy? Would you teach us how to be loving? Would you teach us and show us how to serve? Would you teach us how to be better husbands? better fathers, better grandfathers? Would you teach the ladies how to be better wives, better mothers, that you'd give us strength, Father. Give us strength to make those changes that we know we need to make. Father God, I love you, and I'm so grateful for what you're doing in our lives and that we are growing and we are changing, and it's because of your grace. Father, I love you, and I thank you. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Would you all stand, please?